This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Right now, we're going to continue having this conversation about TikTok for just a couple more minutes. We've talked about all the governments around the world that are stepping up and saying, get rid of it. If you have a government-issued device, you can't have TikTok anymore. Um, personally, Brad said he, you know, he's uh, had a conversation with his partner and they agreed that it was time for it to go. Sarah doesn't care. And you know what? And I, and I think that's the, 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 uh, take that most people in Sarah's age group have. And I think the reason is, and maybe I'm wrong, they've grown up like this, right? I mean, it, they've sort of lived their lives online and it's just, that's the way it's always been. Um, so they, have a different vision of the world than people in my generation that grew up where, you know, we weren't online constantly at her age. And now, I mean, that's just where she lives. Literally, if you've got kids, teenage kids or in their early 20s or whatever, they live online. They don't watch TV like you and I do. They they watch computers. I mean, it's it's an entirely different experience and it's a lot of it is online. So they have a different view of the world and it, it's not right or wrong. It's just different. That's all it is. But what about if you work for a company that gives you a device or, or has you involved in TikTok in some way? What's the risk to companies? Are we going to see them follow suit with government and saying, you know what? We don't want this security risk anymore. Get rid of TikTok. I bet we do. We're going to chat with Brett Carraway, who is a professor of media economics at the University of Toronto. Brett, thank you for joining us. I appreciate you being here with us today. It's my pleasure. I mean, this is obviously the, the topic of the day or the week, the month perhaps, but I am sure there are a lot of companies, given all the news uh, and all these governments that are coming out and saying, that's it, it's too much of a risk for us. Companies must be having those conversations too, right? Oh, I would assume so. Um, I'm not privileged to all those conversations, but um, I imagine that there's a lot of discussions around um, what sorts of apps employees have on phones, especially when you might be, um, you know, divulging information inadvertently that has to do with operations, cost structure, intellectual property, trade secrets, all of those sorts of things. Firms have a lot on the line, uh, just as much as the government that's concerned about state secrets. You make a good point, though. It's not going to be the same for all companies, right? There's going to be some companies where, I don't know, I mean, if, you, if you're running a restaurant or something like that, you're... You know, if you're if you're giving up some of that security, I mean, it may, there's financial risk and things like that. But in terms of, uh, like you say, trade secrets or intellectual property, I mean, it's it's not there. So it's going to be different depending on what kind of a business you operate. I would think. Yeah, I, certainly. There's kind of two two general levels of risk that I think we're talking about. To some degree, all online social media platforms come with risk, and, and and the you know there's the risk of a security breach of some kind, but also the business model of most social media apps is built around advertising, and it's not 
advertising like we had in the 20th century. This is targeted advertising. And in order to sell targeted advertising, you have to collect data about your users. So there's this permanent tension between the privacy rights of the user and then the business model of the firm that's trying to collect data on the users. That's one type of risk. And the other type of risk here is like ByteDance, the parent of uh, TikTok, has uh, an affiliation with the Chinese government, which has a long history of um, you know, acts that are sort of like espionage, right? Uh, trying to gobble up state secrets and um, misinformation campaigns, et cetera. And the Communist Party has a literal like stake in ByteDance itself. And because of uh, national security laws in China, there is the potential for ByteDance or TikTok, whatever you want to call them, um, to have to um, provide yeah. law enforcement in China with data about you and I, yeah. right? They don't have an option. That, that That's what the law in China states. So that obviously adds an extra layer of concern. Um, so is that what this is based on entirely at this point, um, Brett? Like the government announcing that they're going to take this step and not allow uh, government employees to have it on their devices. They didn't give any reasoning as to why beyond what we're talking about here that we seem to have that understanding. Would it be beneficial if they did, if they said, okay, this is exactly what the risk is. This is maybe this is what has happened or would that information be helpful for us as Canadians and Canadian companies to say, okay, now I got a better understanding of what's going on and this is what I want to do about it. Well, you know, this is, this has been TikTok's response is, what are you talking about? Right. What data, what data breach? Provide us, provide us some evidence of that. And, and to date, I haven't seen that case made. And I also would, you know, kind of walk it back just a little bit and say, even U.S. telecommunication firms have worked in tandem with the U.S. government to provide data about their users. So this isn't strictly a, a Chinese phenomenon, right? This, this happens in, in a variety of different contexts. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Like when we talk about, you know, I mean, all of these massive apps, I mean, TikTok is the one we're focused on. And I think that's because of the ties to the Chinese government. What is the the legality around, you know, if it's a U.S. based one or a British based one or a Canadian based one? um, They also provide that information to government from time to time, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and this was the the particular historical moment that I'm referring to was in the wake of the um, attacks on the World Trade Center, um, and part of that was essentially creating a uh, an access point for the government in the U.S. telecommunications infrastructure. So, and certainly, you know, you, one would expect that that happens from time to time when there's a national security concern. The the questions or tensions around TikTok, I think, are informed by global politics, yeah. wherein we're seeing rising tensions, primarily between the United States and China. Um, and the other one I, I think, you know, companies will be wrestling with is a lot of companies rely on social media and on TikTok for, you know, advertising, promotional campaigns. I mean, it's part of their business plan. They would be sort of hurting their own business if they did abandon some of these social media apps. Yeah, or were required to abandon them too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the other question here, right? The, because that's what what you're kind of seeing potentially in the United States with the the recent um, House bill that was passed that would give the Biden administration the the legal authority, which in the United States would potentially run afoul of First Amendment protections. But you know, in in Canada, yeah, there's a lot of companies that re- have social media managers, and TikTok yeah. is a major part of those social media campaigns. But even politically, right, the the opposition parties tend to to rely on TikTok 
to get, uh, you know, their sort of campaign messages out. So there are serious implications, you know, across the board for public sector and private sector actors. You're so right. Like uh, Jagmeet Singh, I think he has about 800,000 TikTok followers. Uh, 76% of Canadians 18 to 24 are on TikTok. You're missing out on a huge chunk of the country if you decide, well, we're not going to be there and we're not going to be in that space anymore. Yeah, there's like a quarter of a quarter of Canadians uh, potentially. We're talking about one billion users worldwide. Yeah. It's it's a it's a huge platform. In most markets, it's the most downloaded app at this point. Um, so yeah, the <laughs> the repercussions of a ban, whether it's mandated by a government or by individual firms, are pretty significant. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see how this continues to unfold and if people do decide to, to take that step. Brett, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate your time. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.